Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are and you know what time it is. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, guys, we're going to talk about this crisis situation. You're probably thinking to yourself, what crisis situation? Or more importantly, which crisis situation? After all, let's see. Let me hit, let me hit the top list here. We'll do the top 20. I don't even know how many there are here, but let me read you some of the things that I've been, I've heard lately referred to as a crisis and a lot of them probably are. Uh, Fed liquidity is a crisis. Money printing is a crisis. The general recession, COVID, supply chain, inflation, hyperinflation, racial tensions, woke society, all kinds of batshit crazy laws being pitched and for whatever reason, Voted in, my goodness. And that's before we even get started in the IRS wanting access to our bank accounts so that they can supposedly catch the richest ones in America stealing from the government $601 or more at a time. You got to be kidding me. Wow. Let's talk about Uncle Joe and his administration attacking 401k plans, not allowing investments in private placements, or at least trying to make that pass. My attorney, Mark Kohler, is having a cow over that one. You want to learn all about that debacle, you need to get over it. Just go into uh, YouTube and search Mark Kohler. That's uh, K-O-H-L-E-R, Mark Kohler. You get to his YouTube channel. He's got all kinds of great videos on that whole mess. I mean, good night. And then we haven't talked about, of course, taxes on unrealized gains. I saw that in the headlines recently. Fed bank bosses, Jerome Powell and a couple of these knuckleheads that run the Fed, uh, which is, by the way, not a government organization, no matter what they may tell you. It's not. It's a civilian organization. They're not elected officials. It's a central bank. Okay. So they are, they got, they got caught manipulating the stock market with insider trading. Isn't that amazing? And then let's just get, keep going. I'm having a blast. Are you having a blast? Let's keep going. How about soaring real estate prices? There is a dump, and I'm frankly glad this happened. It's going to work out to my advantage. Somebody bought a property next door to one of mine, and it's one of those nemesis properties like, geez, I wish they would like sell or it burned to the ground or something because it's just ugly, and it doesn't fit the neighborhood because it's ugly because my property in question is in a great neighborhood. Everybody takes care of their stuff except for this slumlord that owns a, a unit uh, or a building, it's a multifamily apartment building right next door to one of mine. And frankly, it didn't look bad when I bought my place years ago. But over time, the guy's just a terrible landlord. He's just a hack of a landlord. He paints the different colors. and It's just a nightmare. Well, some fool paid almost $600,000 for that rat hole. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, all righty then. Because if I ever decide to sell, which I don't have any plans on selling, why would I? That for me, ladies and gentlemen, is one heck of a comp. So I'm I'm good with it. We're gonna we're gonna be okay with it. And I'm hoping if the new buyer has any money left, because boy, they stepped up to the plate on that one, that they're gonna make it pretty and they're gonna be proud of it and they're gonna be good people and I can't wait to track them down and meet them and shake hands and whatnot and talk to them on the phone and see if we can get a little synergy going here and, and somehow I can nicely say, I'll buy the paint if y'all wanna paint it, because good night is it ugly. Anyway. <laughs> Zillow, of course, uh, has been outbidding mom-and-pop homeowner for houses. Yeah, so if you're in a big city or a metro area, you can count on all across America, Big Brother Zillow coming in 
and buying up houses before you can buy them. That's so, and therefore running the prices up. Well, that they run out of steam on that one. They pulled the plug on that program just like a week or two ago, um, citing the reason, one of the reasons that they couldn't find contractors and people willing to do the work to stabilize the properties. So now they're having a hard time selling the properties. Well, you know, karma's a bitch. I don't know what to tell you. And a lot of real estate agents don't like Zillow or blame Zillow for their lack of business. And for the record, Zillow's not your fault. It's, it's not Zillow's fault you don't have business. The reason why you don't have business is you don't have a marketing plan. You don't spend any time generating leads. You run around getting your glamour shots done and making pretty yard signs. But the yard signs don't mean jack unless you have a yard to put them in, kids. For that which means you got to market for listings first, which means you got to have a database and you got to email people and call them and go shake hands and walk around your city and get to know people and not be a schmoo until they like you enough to trust you with their business and you have to give them value. And I digress. Let's talk about eviction and foreclosure moratoriums. Yep. In 2021, the powers that be decided that it would be a good idea. And for those of you that are one way or the other, both administrations pulled this. First, it was the Trump administration put an eviction and a foreclosure moratorium. Geez, I can't talk. Moratorium in place. How about that? And Uncle Joe Biden came in right behind him and was like, that's a smashing idea. I think we should keep it. So lots of landlords, I would imagine, are probably in a little bit of hot water, a little bit of poo-poo. Or maybe they went in on a Friday night and put these people in a headlock, dragged them out in the front yard and locked the door behind them. Who knows? I'm just glad that I communicated well with my tenants and I didn't have any issues regarding the eviction or foreclosure moratoriums. Whew, dodge that bullet. Let's talk about crypto. It's, it explodes and then crashes and then explodes and then crashes and then explodes again. And the stock market's pretty much the same deal, right? The stock market's up and then it's down and then it's sideways and then it's up and down and the world's coming to an end. It's going to crash. The real estate market's going to crash. The everything's going to crash and then it doesn't well. And then we get into the Chinese real estate market. Apparently uh, 70% of the Chinese economy I just read recently in the wall street journal is, is basically made up of the real estate of real estate. And there are tens of thousands of empty properties over in China and all the big cities and they keep building. That's funny. It's a little disappointing because I thought the Chinese were like the smartest ones on the planet. I mean, they got more, they were once hoarding the gold. They kind of, I figured they kind of had it together. They got their act together. Something's going on there. Guys, I don't have time to chase after every news story that comes up and see what's true, what's not true, and all this other stuff. These are the headlines that just make me chuckle. A lot of them. Some of them make me sad, but most of them make me chuckle. And what does this all add up to? What does this mean? You know, for most Americans, it means a massive distraction. It means spending your Friday nights or your Wednesday nights down at the bar getting liquored up. Uh, because you're really not happy with the way things, your interpretation of the way things are going in the world. Maybe you're not talking to your wife and kids or your husband uh, very much because you're you're just bent out of shape and you're so sick of all the negativity. So you go on Facebook for solace, and then say Facebook is pumping all kinds of negativity into into your between your ears, uh, starting with your eyes and ears, and then driving you a little mad there and. Mental health crisis is at an all-time high. People are, are just having a tough time. I can, I get it. I, I totally get it. Here's the thing. Uh, for most Americans, all this adds up to such a distraction. I promise you, if you allow this to add up to such a massive distraction, it's going to do nothing to help you 
And it will, in fact, cause more pain than what you might be feeling now. You can choose to get mad. You can obsess about it. You can try to run from it. Any one of these topics, you can run from it. But honestly, most of this is nothing more than hype, rhetoric, untrue stories, twisted facts, all to keep you distracted while your elected officials on both sides, that's right, Democrats and Republicans, both sides are busy trying to figure out what the hell to do to fix the mess that they all created over the last hundred years or so. And that's really what it comes down to, guys. You can't blame Obama or Biden or Trump or Clinton or any one presidency or that matter. The presidency has very little to do with it. The president's a figurehead. It's the criminals that are all supposedly underneath the president, their cabinets, their, their, uh, donors, the, this, the, that, all of this stuff is just a culmination of complete mismanagement from both sides. So we can sit here and get mad about it. We can obsess about all this stuff, but the only thing you can do to protect yourself, the only thing you can really do, you can try to hide, you can move to a different country, but here's the thing. Um, if you try to move to another country you got to prove that you can support yourself in said other country. So if you don't have a job that's portable and you, sometimes you have to buy real estate in another country. So those of you that have not pulled any triggers and bought any real estate and are because you're scared to lose money, well, you're not going to get into all these cool countries with the bikinis on the beach and whatnot and sip Mai Tais in the afternoon and escape the tyranny of the U.S. government because the government, those governments are smarter than ours. They're not going to let you in, man. They don't have a revolving door on our southern border like we do. Every other country in the world has their borders locked down, and they don't let any Joe Schmo just come wandering through the border. Oh, hell no, because everybody knows what that brings. Not rocket science, kids, right? So escaping's not going to do anything. What you need to do, and I thought about I've been thinking about this topic for well, probably the last two years. So I talked to a lot of people. It, both from the podcast and from people I talk to on the street, a lot of people are having a tough time right now. And it makes me sad to hear that people are just having a real tough time coping. And I don't ever want to be part of the problem. I want to make sure that I do everything in my power to be part of the solution. And I'll be honest, I realize sometimes I screw that up. Sometimes there's things that I try to make jokes about to lighten the mood that other people don't think is funny and, and it hurts their feelings. And for those people that got their feelings hurt, I say, well, I'm sorry about that. And I also say, suck it up, buttercup. But that's a whole other story for a different day. But you need to be thinking about and not thinking about. Scratch that. Take that right off of, the, off of what I just said. Just take that right out of the show. You don't need to be thinking about it. You need to be taking action to focus on multiple streams of income. I watched Ken McElroy. You guys know I'm a big fan of Ken McElroy. He had put a video out uh, the other day. It's him and that girl that he's, I don't know if they're dating or whatever, but that girl that's on the show with him. And they did like an hour-long webinar type thing. And in there, he said, you know, one thing he mentioned, and it's been one of the keys to his success and this really resonated with me is the fact that he has multiple streams of income. And when I heard that, I was like, when people ask me, how are you able to just go through recessions and booms and busts and doesn't nothing ever seems to shake you at your core, Tyler. It's like, well, that's because I, over the years, I took Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad's advice. I took Ken McElroy's advice. 
I took the Real Estate Guys podcast advice and I focused on generating multiple streams of income. I talked about those a couple episodes back, uh, how I earned my money. So if you want to, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen to that. And I've actually added additional streams of income since then. And I've got more planned for the future. And you might be thinking, well, geez, Tyler, if you get all, every source of income is more work you have to do. Not really, guys. Not really. There are some things that I can do. I can set it and forget it. There's arbitrage moves I can do. I can raise capital and, and invest in something and let it ride. And I share the profits with the investor. I put a manager in place to make the decisions. And then that person reports to me. And I don't really have to do much at all except for get be good at hiring the right people. And I am I, that's a talent that I've developed over the years. I can tell you I haven't always had that talent. I've hired a, a plenty of duds over the years, that's for sure. I think I hold a world record in hiring duds. But I've learned from that, and I've learned how to get other people on board to help me. And here's the thing. You know, we're going through what they call the great resignation, right? Everybody's quitting their jobs. Everybody's telling their boss to go shove it. All that stuff. I think this happened back in the 80s when Dolly Parton was like, take this job and shove it. Uh, anyway, she kind of inspired a revolution. I don't know what inspired this revolution lately, but a lot of folks have up and quitting their job. And hey, you know, I'm not really I'm not really concerned about that. I'm busted my butt to live in paradise, and I don't really care if it takes any longer to bring me um, my vodka and cranberry because they're down on waitresses or bring me a, a, my dinner. It might take another 20 minutes. I'm good because I'm just going to have great conversation with whoever's sitting at the table with me uh, or near me. And I'm life's life's too short to get freaked out about that stuff, guys. But just because these folks are quitting their job and doing whatever, I would maybe pay a little bit of attention to how they're going to feed themselves because don't they sit there and think they're going to just do nothing. They've probably figured out most of them anyway, I would venture to guess, have probably figured out some strategies that they can supplement their lack of income that they had after they quit their job. Pretty reasonable, isn't it? So maybe instead of sitting here wondering, geez, what's going on, maybe go to your local coffee shop with a good book and then maybe strike up a conversation. Pick a book that's a lead magnet, right? Maybe something about real estate or wealth or investing and you set that down on the table next to you and have a conversation with somebody. Especially when they ask, what are you reading? Lots of people that are friendly that will ask you what you're reading, even in the crazy COVID environment. I can tell you this. If you depend on a job uh, and you're you're paid your W-2 employee, you realize that you can now officially be fired. And some folks would even agree that you could always have been fired for the color of your skin. I know major multinational corporations, I've been told from their upper staff, that they don't even hire they're not hiring certain uh, genders and races, and it's not the ones you might think. I can tell you that. Uh, people look like me are going to have a real tough time getting a job soon because, I don't know, payback, whatever it may be. I'm not even going to go down that any farther down that road. It's none of my business. I don't need a job. If you depend on a job, though, you know, you can lose your job pretty easy. What you say, what you put on your Facebook profile, what you tweet, what you post on Instagram – any one of those things, guys, if you're not the status quo, it can get you fired in a heartbeat. And yes, there's a lot of jobs out there right now. But if you have a great job, you may have trouble finding another one. So what do you, how do you fix this? Do you just be complacent, compliant? Heck, if you don't get your COVID vaccine in a lot of major cities where you work with a big employer, you don't get your COVID shot. For those of you that haven't had your shot, you all know you're facing losing your job. And probably what will happen is a lot of people are going to lose their job. 
at some point down the road, someone's going to fight it and then they're going to take it into court and all the people that lost their job are going to get a big payday probably. That's my, my prophecy, but I may be completely wrong about that. Uh, regardless though, you know, your job is as disposable as you are. So how do you fix this, right? You just panic and go buy a convenience store? No, but you do focus immediately on what can I do this month, this month, not next month, not next year. What book should I read? What action steps can I take to make a hundred bucks passive this month or active? Hell, I don't care. But money coming in from a different stream than what you're used to. I task all of you with focusing on just a hundred dollars. You'll be shocked to see how easy it is to generate a hundred bucks. And then you know how easy it is to generate a thousand dollars extra a month. You do whatever the hell you did to generate the hundred bucks 10 times or better yet train somebody to do what you did a hundred times or 10 times and give them 20 bucks and you keep 80 or whatever the math works out for you. Doesn't matter. And then your next thing, you know, you're making a thousand bucks. And the next thing after that, you make it 3000 bucks and then it's $10,000. And here's the news for you guys. You don't have to replace your top line wage. If you're, let's say you're an airline pilot, you're making, I don't know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 a year flying planes. That's a tough one to walk away from, right? You got great benefits, kind of cool being a pilot, got the things on your shoulders. I get it. But one bad landing, boys and girls, can end all that. We all know it. You know, think about what happened to the poor bastard that landed in the Hudson River. That was a little challenging for him. I don't know if you all saw, saw the movie or not, but for the, I saw the movie. I don't know how true it is or not. doesn't matter. But I can tell you, he wasn't flying for quite a while. Um, that could happen in a heartbeat. You can get in a traffic accident. You can slip and fall. The reason why we don't skip a beat, Jill and I, is we have multiple streams of income, different types of rentals. We've got short-term rentals. We've got long-term rentals. We've got performing notes that we hold and collect the monthly payments from the borrowers. We've got uh, non-performing notes that were in various states of foreclosure. And then when those properties foreclose, if we can't do a workout, we try to do a workout. That's the most profitable and so I believe the most ethical thing to do. But uh, if we can't do a workout, then we'll foreclose and we can because they weren't affected by COVID. They weren't paying before COVID in a lot of cases when they're when we bought them as non-performers. We'll foreclose and then we'll turn their house around and sell it. Or maybe we'll stick a tenant in it. A couple of them, we've just kept them and rented them out. Pretty cool when you get a when you get a nice little rental that brings in a thousand bucks a month, and you bought the mortgage for thirty grand. That math works, kids. It does, especially when it's in a nice neighborhood in Ohio. Works all day long. Uh, I have a couple of those actually, and they are quite fruitful. And I am really happy I have those. Uh, come all these times when other streams dry up. For example, when people stop paying their mortgages, that's okay because I got plenty of people paying rent. And when people stop paying rent, I got people paying mortgages. So it all works out in the end. I didn't, I must say, I didn't have any problems with renters at all. All of our rent came in on time, um, in a lot of cases ahead of schedule. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one because I spent a lot of time in the front end making sure I only rent to the right people. Yes, that's true. I scrutinize people. I don't let dirtbags live in my place. If you're an unkept mess and you talk like some kind of an idiot, then no, you don't get to live at my place, period, because I think you're a moron and I don't rent to morons. And there's no law against discriminating against morons. I don't discriminate based on race, color, creed, or English, whether ability to speak English or any of that good stuff. I know the housing laws backwards and forwards and sideways. My only rule is you can't be an idiot. And if I think 
You prove to me that you're an idiot. You won't get to live at my place. You could be the honkiest white boy on the planet, and you're still not living in my place because you're a moron. And I don't let morons live in my place. Enough on that topic. Okay? You got to get the streams of income flowing, whether it's taking money in your IRA and actually deploying it. How many of you listen to my voice right now have money sitting in your IRA doing nothing? Or maybe you've got money sitting in a brokerage account somewhere, five, 10 grand, and you're not having it work because you're afraid you're gridlocked on what to do. Damn it, Tyler. If I buy this stock, it might go down. Why is it everything I buy goes down or it goes up for a little bit? And then my wife distracts me and my, my, my stocks crash. I get it. I understand it. Then find a different strategy. Jump into the strategy. How do you jump in? You don't have to jump in checkbook first. You go to the library. You know, if you get a library card uh, any at your local local library, you can use that library card to get free audiobooks. Did you know that? Yep. Uh, I do that. Call me cheap, but I do. I have a library card for the Key West Library and the Tarpon Springs Library, and I pull audiobooks all the time, and I pull ebooks to go on my Kindle. So when I want to learn about a topic, like right now, I'm focused on learning about crypto. So I'm reading books specifically about investing in crypto trying to figure this whole thing out, right? And I've learned a lot. I decided I'm going to take a few weeks and learn how to do this. And that's what I've done. I've taken a few weeks and learned how to do this. Riddle me this. Why is it that teenagers are sitting at home on their ass smoking pot and becoming millionaires by trading stocks and crypto at all hours of the night between sessions of Call Call of Duty, by the way, while they're live streaming? on Twitch and getting paid for it. Why can a 16-year-old make a few hundred grand a year doing that? And you can't seem to do anything to make a hundred bucks in profit or a hundred dollars a month in passive income perplexes you. And then maybe you get to the hundred and you're, you can't get to two. You can never, you can't get to a thousand. Well, the difference is, is that we as adults focus on what could go wrong, what you could lose. And I want you for one month to shut that shit down and focus on what could go right because the star, the starry eyed pimple faced 16 year old kid stoned out of his mind, drinking Gatorade on his mom's couch or in his mom's basement is killing it, making money, killing it. And you're not. And the difference is that dude is sitting there thinking, or that chick is sitting there thinking, man, I can't wait to when I become a multimillionaire because then I can do this and then I can buy that. Think about, look at Mark Zuckerberg, right? That kid didn't set any world records for performance in anything he ever did. And then he got into college and it wasn't the college professor that made him a freaking billionaire, a trillionaire, whatever he is. He had an idea and he was relentless and he didn't think about what could go wrong. He just focused on what could go right. And then he just took action and surrounded himself with other people smart like him that could help him on this journey. And now he's one of the richest man, men in the world. Jeff Bezos started Amazon. He didn't know what the hell's going on. He didn't have the fear, clearly, of what could go wrong. He went out there and did it. How do people, that, how do people become pro football players? They can, in a lot of cases, they can't even read or write. So, but they can become multimillionaires playing football. Well, it's because they've developed a skill 
And they didn't go out there in the field thinking about whether they're going to trip and break their leg. They got out there and grabbed the ball and ran like hell. And when somebody was in front of them, they just hung a left or a right and ran around them. Or maybe they got wound up enough and ran right the hell through them. But the difference is they were on the field, ball in hand, and said, not today, you son of a bitch. And they went all the way to the end zone and scored the touchdown. Or maybe they're the guy making the, the pass, the end zone pass. Maybe they're the one making, maybe they're the one that decided they didn't want to play so much and they wanted to be the coach because they're good at motivating people. And they decided to be the coach. And they became a great coach because they knew people and they made gobs of money. And they also made great football players who also became millionaires. And then there's always some knucklehead that sits in the corner going, people that coach are the people that can't get out, do it in the first place. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You find something you want to learn that will bring you in an additional stream of income and you immediately dive into the education and you put an end on it. I'm going to study this for one month and then I'm going to throw $1,000 out there to see what happens or $5,000 or $10,000 or whatever you can afford. There's got to be a number that you can afford to lose. Maybe there's a number like, don't buy the expensive cheese at the grocery store this time. The other day, man, I found this cheese. It's like, it's like 30 some dollars for this little teeny tiny package, but good God almighty, is it great? And I don't care how much it costs. I could care less. I like it. So every once in a while, I treat myself to this $30 little nugget of cheese. And I just sit there like a fat kid at Christmas and just enjoy the hell out of that small piece of milk fed deliciousness. And I don't care if it costs $30, but I know people that would have a nuclear meltdown if they watch me spend $30 on what a, is about the size of a posty note pad uh, and is about as thin of cheese. Guys, the reason I can do that is because I have multiple streams of income. Now is the time for you to go get those multiple streams of income. It's not up for, to me to tell you which one to pick. There's lots out there. And guess what? They all work if you take a minute and learn. So set the deadline, make it happen. My pick this week, the new thing that I want to learn in the last few weeks here is cryptocurrency. I want to understand cryptocurrency and learn how to make some money at it. I don't need to become some dot-com gazillionaire. It's not necessary. That'd be cool if it was, but it's not necessary, but I'm going to get competent at it. I'm going to throw a couple thousand dollars out there. Matter of fact, I already have and see what I shake out. Just like the football player, I'm learning how to run in this field. It's a new arena and I've already made some money. Well, I didn't make a million bucks yet, but I've only got a couple thousand dollars in the game. It's money. I don't mind losing. Jill could care less if I lose a couple of grand. It doesn't matter to her. So I'm going to go out there and try it and I'm going to take a little, take on a little bit of risk and I'm going to make it happen. Guys, moving to Key West was a massive risk. Okay. Opening this, in, this investment fund has risks. People say, how much of your own money you put in the deal? How much time you got for the line items? Well, we can start with, I, I'm investing probably $60,000 a year in basic living expenses just to live here. That's right out of the gate. And then we got probably at least another $100,000 in getting this fund set up and marketing and yada, yada, yada. I'm stepping up to the plate, boys and girls. That's why we're playing to win with this fund. Speaking of which, if you want to get on the phone and talk to me about the fund, you want to think about investing in Key West, you want to take action and maybe investing in somebody else's deals is something you want to consider that makes sense to you, 
then you know what to do. You go to cashflowguys.com, you whack that scheduled book time with Tyler button, you get on the phone, we talk about it. You want to talk to both Mike and me, my partner? You go to keywestcashflow.com, that's keywestcashflow.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L, you type that into the box, and off you go. You'll get access to my calendar, Mike's calendar, and it'll tell you when we're available. Get on the phone. We've had a great week talking to lots of people, lots of excitement. We are open for business now. We are taking on capital. Good stuff coming down the pike, guys, but this is your year. Christmas will be here before you know it. I want you guys bringing in two, three new streams of income by Christmas. Not rocket science, guys. The library is around the corner. You're out of excuses. I'm going to see you on the inside, and I know you guys are going to crush it. It's not as hard as you want it to be. It's going to happen for you. This is going to be your year, but for it to happen, you've got to make it happen because I'm not doing it for you. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.